0: Going to be learning the Kutsi Sikhas Chelik Tezvav, Parshus Vechi, the first Sikha. We're going to be using the translation, the Hebrew translation. Sith Al, Vechi Yaakov Be'er Tzraim, Shiva Esweshona, Vehi, Yime Yaakov, Geimer. So it says in the beginning of the Sphiksh Pasha that Yaakov lived in the land of Mitzraim for 17 years, and the days of Yaakov were 147 years. Yidu HaShailo, Baduach Tzrach HaKasil of Parshus, Minyan Shneis Yaakov so it's a well known question why does the parsha and the poskim need to tell us how many years he lived in Mitzrayim? <laughs> So In the end of last week's parsha, it says that when he arrived the Mitzrayim, he lived 130 years. Our passage, it tells us that the total years of Yaakov's life was 147 years. So it's understood if you divide 147 by 130, you're going to get 17 years. So why does the Pasik need to tell us... Uh, Clearly and specifically, that he lived 17 years in The you can figure that out on your own. If, for whatever reason, the Pasuk wants to say that he lived in Mitzrayim for 17 years, that, that that is an important point for whatever reason it is, it needs to tell us that, then it shouldn't have bothered to tell us the 147 years. It should have told us 130 in last week's parishion. And then it tells us seventeen in Mitzrayim, which is important. And then we can figure it out on our own that was one hundred forty-seven altogether. Since this point that he lived seventeen years in Mitzrayim comes as a continuation of what was discussed in last week's parsha that he lived one hundred thirty years, so the it's extra to tell us the total of all the years, which one hundred seven. Forty-seven years. That's something which we could have figured out on our own. So the Meforshim explained that the reason why the pasuk tells us that he lived so seventeen years in Mitzrayim, and he uses the expression the fishakuf shana ad he says the first 130 years of his life were not considered years that he lived because they were bad years. As, as, as Yaakov told Par at the end of last week's parsha, that he lived 130 years and they were bad. Uh, they were bad all those years of my life. They were filled with uh, worry and stress. The Kerh Balilah, the Tedush Nasim Ina, Alum Khir Soysa. First he had to wait run away from Aesav. Afterwards he had to stay by Lovin, which he um, was consumed by heat by the day and frost at night, and he didn't have any sleep until of course we know the twenty-two years that Yosef was sold. Abu Behigil, Mitzrain, Adar Sham Chai, Chaim Shosholam, Munuha, Bishuvan, the mate of arts, for oasis, call you of shlema but when he came to Mitzrayim, he didn't have to suffer anymore. On the contrary, those were years of shalom and peace and tranquility. He was living in the best of the land of Mitzrayim, and he saw whether all of his children were healthy, both spiritually and physically, and Yosef was the second to the king. Therefore, specifically those last 17 years, it was Vayichi Yakov that Yakov lived. So the reason why, it, the POSIC, in a sense, repeats these extra words and tells us 130, plus it tells us 17, 147, is because point A is, it wants to tell us specifically that he lived the 17 years of it's right to tell us that even though the first 130 years of his life were not good, but those 17 years were fantastic. I so the second point of the question we had earlier was, okay, fine, so tell us 130, Tell us 17 and and we can figure out that it's 147. If the Pasuk wants to say specifically he lived in Mitzrayim for 17 years, don't tell us the total of 147. So the Mefarshim explains that the Pasuk goes and repeats and tells us that he lived a total of 147 years it's to tell us that those 17 last years that he lived caused him to forget all of the suffering and the pain that he had in his earlier years and so all of them appeared to him as good they're all shoveling meaning his last 17 years were so good that he totally forgot about the adag mas nefesh and when he looked back at all the previous years all he could remember was the happiness it was almost that this idea of suffering and pain was so foreign to him, he couldn't even remember the past pain because it was, a diff- it was a totally different world to him. It wasn't even relevant to him anymore. There was no part in his life where he was currently living that could identify with the previous years. Therefore, when he looked at the past 130 years, all he could remember and all he could feel was the good. The bad had no connection to him and he, and he couldn't even remember it. He couldn't feel it. So that is what the Moforsham explained. It's true that the last 17 years were so good to Yaakov that it caused him to forget all the suffering that he had in the prior years. Mm-hmm. Yes, or King Kulan Sham Latayb. But it's hard to understand this. The house that the Pasik adds the total of the years, and the reasoning was to tell us and to stress to us that they were all equal. And more than that, they were all equal for good. He says, We know that the 130 years were bad, and only the 17 years were the ultimate level of good. So, it doesn't make sense to say that the reasoning why the POSIC puts them all together is to tell you that they were all equally good. They weren't equally good. The last 17 years were fantastic, and that made him forget all the suffering that he had in the 130 years. But that doesn't make them actually good. It's just that he doesn't remember the bad of those years. But how could you say that they're equally good to this last 17 years of his life? So in short, the question is, on the B'forshim, is that, If we're going to explain that, the reason why the Pasik tells us the 17 years was to tell us that the last 17 years of his life were fantastic. And then the Pasik has to put it all together, say it's 147, is to tell us that it wasn't just the last 17 years which were good. Because of it's rather because of those last 17 years, all 147 were good. Meaning as you're taking the 17, you're combining it with 130 and saying it's 147 to say it's like one entity, all 147 years were the same. But they weren't the same. That is the question on, on the before So the base. So we'll understand this first by explaining the medresh and also Rashi in the beginning of our parsha. The medresh isa, lama call a So the Midrash asks, why is this parsha closed? Meaning is that usually there's a like empty space between one parsha to the next to tell you that these are two separate parshias, but um, in this parsha there is no space. Right after it finishes the last pasuk of Parshat Yigash, right away Va'yichi starts. You can't even tell that it's a new parsha. It looks like it's it's a continuation of the same paragraph. So why is that? It's to tell us that once Yaakov Vinu, passed away, it began the shibut, the the slavery of uh, of the Egyptians over the Jewish people. The second reason is because Yaakov wanted to reveal the Cates, the time when Mashiach would come, and it was hidden from him. So it was sealed, it was closed off. Why was this parasha sealed? Because it was hidden from him, all the tsaris of the world. This is similar to what we were saying before, that when the last 17 years of Yaakov's life, he did not feel any more... He didn't remember. He didn't feel the suffering. So, Kbanas Hashayil alam parshas usto mis parshdas. Pshuta shemitra. Yilakach sheein Rava, lefinay teves vayichi Yaakov. They came as a can matchilas parsha chadish. Buvin shitzar chliyas can hatzakeidem teves vayichi Yaakov. I pesach as a parsha. K'may b'chol shara parshas atay. So, first the rabbi just explains the simple interpretation of the midrash that when it says, "What does it mean?" That why is this parsha sto mis. just explains. I'll pshuta mikra. There's usually a space between one parsha and the next, so and that tells us that, the, that these are two separate parshias. But over here, it doesn't have that space. Um, so Ella shall be a Nalanimuva. But according to this, it's not understood. If this is the question, and those are the three answers. Astima koydimateis vichi Yaakov haiz lachayretzricha lachayris lacholvish alastima mal Yussa shenimur mal alide vichi Yaakov the Hainu Mashe Oz sasim and a koltsar Shvayla. He says this stima, which was before the words, Vechi l'chayra, should have been a stima which would express a maila that was caused through Yaakov living, since the first words of the parish of Yaakov. And as he explained, Vechi Yaakov means Vechi Yaakov bears to strive. for these 17 years, were the best 17 years of his life. So if we see a stima before the words, Vechi it means it's connected to those words. Those words are talking about something. Good that happened while he was living Mitzrayim. So the first thing that the Medrash should have mentioned was that it was sealed, that it was closed and hidden from Yaakov all the tsars that he had. That should have been the first shot, because that was what the words were referring to. So if you put the stima before the words which was referring to the last 17 good years of his life, it should have referred to that idea that he had good years of, of his life. But the Medrash brings it last. Even the bigger question is that before the at the end of last week's Parsha, parshas Yigash, it's talking about the good life that the Jewish people were having in the land of Goyishan, and that they were fruitful and they were multiplying. He says, since the end of last week's parasha was talking about the good that the Jewish people are having, and then our parsha in a sense continues. There's not even a parasha. It's the same paragraph. Why is it in the same paragraph? Because it seems like if you're in the same paragraph, in the same parsha, that means it's a continuation of the same topic. So the topic was how good the Jewish people were living. And then we have this week's parasha that tells us that the best 17 years of Yaakov's life was in the so therefore the spar would make sense if it's talking about something which was good. Then it should have been the hint of the stima, or the lack of the, the, the hint of the stima, should be about Yaakov forgetting all the tsar that he had in his prior years. <laughs> So why is it that this third reason, that it was hidden from him, all the suffering that he has, is brought well as the last reason? While the first reasonings, and as we know the rule that the first reason is always the best one, the main one, second is the second best, and the third is the third, you know, the th- third out of the right, it's the bronze medal. So why is the, this one number three? Because uh, the first two, again, are the opposite concept of them being successful and living. It's about the goal of starting. So it's the exact opposite of the idea of what we of that this paragraph is talking about, which is how successful the Jewish people were, were in its right. So that's question one on, on this. These sermons of Rashi Now we have a few questions on Rashi. <laughs> He says, since Yaakov comes to explain, so therefore he should have grabbed as the main reason for the stima of Echi Yaakov was that it's connected to the idea of good, that they were being successful and they were multiplying. And not, as we said earlier, something which is the opposite of life. Things which cause because Yaakov passed away and therefore the Shibbut starts or that he wanted to reveal the case, but then it was hidden from him. Since we're talking about the good years of Yaakov's life, Therefore, it should have, uh, as we said, uh, this is the same question on the Medrash, uh, Rashi should have mentioned that as the main one. We have so these are the two points on Rashi. He says, this third reason, called which is the closest to Pshute HaMikra, Rashi doesn't actually bring it all. The Medrash brings three, but Rashi only brings two. He brings the first two, Purushim of the Medrash. He does not bring this at all. Even the two reasons that the medrash does bring, the Rashi should have flipped the order. He should have brought brought the reasoning of the cats first, and the second one about the, the Shiba Degal is starting. The second reason why it's stima, is connected to the life of Yaakov. Because even though Yaakov wanted to reveal the cats to his children, because it was close to the time that he was about to pass away, but nonetheless, the actual revelation of the cats would have happened when he was still alive. But the first reason of Yaakov actually something that happens after Yaakov already passes away. After Yaakov passed away, the shiwad began so the beginning of this week's parasha is talking about yakov living and as we said living the best years of his life so why would you bring something about happened about after it's a hint of something which happened after he passed away and especially since the the not good thing uh, of the se- of the first reason is actually much worse the f- second reason is just that they wouldn't re- reveal the time when the ketz is going to be but the first reason was that the shibun actually began that's much worse so it seems much more the opposite of the idea of a, a Yechi So those are the questions on Rashi and the Medrash. So, just again, to, to to remind you all of what's going on. First question that we had uh, of the Sikha is why does the Pasik tell us uh, last week's Pasha 130, and then it tells us our Pasha 17, and then it gives you the total, which is 147. higher you could have figured this out on your own. Then we brought the Pirish Rashi and the Medrash, which gives three reasons why our parsha is istima. And so the question that we asked on that was the the best shat, closest Pshut would have been the third shot of the Medrash, which is that it was hidden from Yaakov all the tsars. Because since the end of last week's parsha and the first words of this week's parsha is talking about the good that Yaakov and his children had in the and it says the word vayichi, that he lived and he lived good years there, the the best connected shot would have been that he lived and that caused him to forget the tsar. But on the contrary, that's brought as a third reason in the Medrash, and Rashi doesn't even bring it at all. So this will be understood by bringing the answer of Roshim about another question that they had to Yaqib, and the Farshim asked that if the Stima is either because of answer one, um, that that once Yaakov passed away, um, the gala started, or because he wanted to reveal the cats to his children that was hidden, then this Stima should have actually been later on in the Parsha, by the psukim that are talking about the Stima Seketz, which we know that's by before he gave the blessing to his own children, it says that he wanted to tell them what's going to be at the Akris Yomim, and then he goes on, and he doesn't actually tell them what's going to be Akrasi Yomim. So the Chazal tells us, what does it mean Akrasi Yomim? He wanted to tell them about the gates, but it was hidden. So if that's the idea that he wants to tell his children about the steam of gates, it should have been right over there before the blessing of his kids, not at the beginning of the parsha where there's talking about how many years he lived, and then talks about the blessings to Yosef's children, should have been later. And if it's about Teirus Yaakov, that also should have been later on in the parsha after when Yaakov actually literally died. At the beginning the parsha tells us that he lived 147 years. Then it goes through the blessings he had to Yosef and the blessings he gave to his own kids. And at the end of the parsha, it's when he actually the Pasi tells us that he passed away and he was buried in the tribe then it should have told us uh about this, it should have been a stima uh, in the parsha. Because as we know, just to make it clearer, besides for the stimas that you have a space between one parsha, one sedra, to another sedra, within each sedra of the Torah you also have many places where they're open because it, each, it, it, in each sedra, there is different topics, which they're called parshias. So I, I call them the minor parshias, as opposed to the sedra, which is the uh, parsha in general. So inside the larger sedra, there's chapters, there's small parshias, chapters, and between one chapter and the next. In the sedra, there's also usually a space to tell you the, the area in between that. It's a different uh, topic of that parsha. So they could have just made a stima. Over there like uh you know between let's say the blessings to Yosef's children and the blessings to Yaakov's children instead of there being a space to show that it's two different uh topics it should have just continued on so that's unfortunate ask so the answer that if you had a stima in the middle of the parsha, it's not recognizable at the beginning of the parsha, meaning is if there wouldn't have been a stima let's say but he's giving the blessings to Yosef's kids and then there's blessings to his own kids it wouldn't have been so recognizable that it was missing because you think oh it's because it's all talking about brachas so it's you know just a continuation of one topic but we're talking about a totally different sedra between parshas vayigash and parshas va'ichi. there's no way to make a mistake it's very recognizable that there has to be a space between these two uh, different sedras so that's what they want to explain and now the Rebbe is going to take this explain this and elaborate on this point he says, He says, when the steam is at the beginning of a parsha, since the parsha is a new idea, it's a new topic, it's a new theme, therefore there needs to be a larger space than usual. Meaning, in one sedra between two topics, there's a much smaller space, usually of nine lines, a nine sorry, nine letters, a minimum of nine letters. Between one parsha and the next, it's usually a full, uh, a full line. So it's more. Why is there more? So it's very, uh, it's Pasha that was explaining. It's because when it's a totally new Parsha, it's a totally new topic. It's a totally new theme. Therefore, there needs to be a much larger space. Pasha, you and one Parsha where the, all the themes are interconnected. Um, there's a smaller aspect in a sense to show that the change of topic is much more, um, it's a finer difference between them. You know, it's, 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 before was the blessings of Yosef kids, and now we're talking about the blessing of Yaakov's children, so it's a, still part of the general topic, but it is a subtopic within that parsha itself. So therefore, the hepsic, uh, sorry, the, the, the space between these two topics are much smaller than the space that would be between to, two totally different sedras. And that's, of course, why it's much more recognizable, uh, as the Maforshman was saying, that if you don't even have it between two sedras, that's like very, very strange. It's two totally different topics. In a situation when the parsha is sealed, meaning is that there's no space at all. So even though there's no space, but since we're talking about two separate Sedras, we're talking about two totally different parshas, two totally different topics, it's He says, it makes sense that the stima, which is trying to give us a hint of something, is not just telling us a hint, which is relevant to the first, you know, pasik of the parsha. Since its the stema is at the beginning of the parasha, and it's connected. There's no seam between one parasha and the next. It's trying to tell you not just that the first pasik, in a sense, is connected to the uh, uh, the previous week's parasha. It's rather trying to tell us that there is something which is relevant over here to the entire parasha. That even though this is a totally new topic. Nonetheless, we're not going to show you that it's a new topic. So why would the title want to show us that it's a new topic? It's something which is totally different. It must be that the whole Parsha as a whole uh, has something which is connected to it. Because again, if it was just between one Parsha and the next, then since it's, uh, sorry, one subtopic and the next subtopic, which is usually a smaller uh, difference. And therefore there's usually a smaller amount of space between each of these subtopics. Um, if there would have been a steam in there, it's A, of course, not as recognizable. Uh, but then, of course, it's not as recognizable. That also tells us that the uh, connection um, is the reason why it's steam it's particularly connected to that subtopic itself. But if you put the steam at the beginning of the Parsha, where there should have been a much larger space because they're really two totally different uh, parshias, that tells us, that it must be something which is relevant to the entire parsha as a whole. Therefore, it's hinted to as a, as a, as, as, the, as the prefix, to the entire toichen of this parsha. parasha. So, Since the toichen, the main toichen of Parshas z'echi, are events that are not connected to how Yaakov lived in the land of Eretz Mitzrayim. Besides for those first few words, v'chi Yaakov, they lived there for 17 years, which is the best years of his life, the Parsha is really not talking about how Yaakov had amazing life in Mitzrayim. It's really talking about events that happened right before that he passed away, blessing his kids, how he got buried in, uh, in Eretz Yisrael, et cetera. that That's really the end of last week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayigash, where it tells us that Yaakov and his children lived in the best of the land, and that be, until the end of the parasha it says that they're very fruitful and they multiply so the idea of Yaakov's life in Mitzrayim is really in parasha Sve'yigash rather parasha is talking about events that are connected to his passing and to when he actually does pass away the parasha starts off that the days of Yisrael were close for his time to pass away and then it continues with the Yaakov's bracha to the children of to Yosef and his children and afterwards to his own children and these are things which are connected at the time which happened right before he passed away especially in the first posseh uh, at the end of the first posseh it tells us the total life of Yaakov that he lived 147 years Meaning is, it's already telling us that this parsha is something which is, uh, it's happening, these are events which are happening close to this time of his death. He lived a total 147 years. Meaning as we're talking about a period which happens in a sense after he's lived all of his life. This is once he's already 147 years and he's passing away. And therefore the events are talking about either when he literally passed away or right before he passed away. It's not really relevant to the time that he was in uh, Mitzray. I that moving Therefore, it's understood that the kvanas of the Pasuk, of making this parsha, parsha stuma, is that the stima is something which is connected to the general topic of the parsha, which is the peter of Yaakov. So this explains, uh, and he's going to explain, that, you know, let's read Sittel where he says, uh, yeah. So this answers the two questions we asked earlier in Rashi, that A, why does he not mention the Therpshat? Therpshat l'chayr is the best, it's literally a continuation of what's being talked about in Parashas V'yayash. and it connects to the first few words of our parasha, which talks about the good years, that Yaakov lived the Mitzrayim, and of course, also the reasons, the order. We said first, he should have brought the reason of the Ketz, which is still something which is relevant, but something which happened when Yaakov was alive, while the Shibud, which happened after he passed away, Uh, should have been the second reason. He says, Since the stima is connected to the passing of Yaakov, and the events that happened in connection to his passing. Therefore he says, you can't say that the stima which which a stima of a parsha which is talking about the patira of Yaakov would be telling us something which is that he that it was hidden from him all the tsars. Hidden from all the tsars is not this week's parsha is that's last week's parsha. So this week's parsha if we're gonna have something which is connected to the whole parsha um it can't just be something which is connected to the first few words. It has to be something which would be relevant to the entire parsha because again the entire parsha is a parsha stuba not just the first few words of the parasha, Stuma, the stima over here would reflect that the, that the that the, that there's no separation between these two Parashas at all. Baim Mitzad HaZman, sasmanu, you take a big shava, He says, first of all, mitzadasma. The sauce of manu happened right when he reached Mitzrayim He had 17 years, 17 years before his Patira, they were all good years. So he didn't forget about all the Tsars, you know, the day before he passed away. It's because he lived such good years. Those good years that he had, even at the beginning, they were so good that he forgot about the bad. So it wouldn't so the good that caused him to forget about the bad years wouldn't have been connected to the patir. It's actually more connected to when he arrived in right And also the theme. called Tsar in the The theme of that he forgot all the bad was that he lived a fantastic last years of his life. But our parsha is not talking about his life and how good the last years of his life were. Rather, it's connected to the idea of his petir, his passing. Therefore, Rashi doesn't mention the third reason at all. This is also why Rashi does not bring the b'kash uh, as the first reason rather he brings it as the second reason because since the parish is talking about the pater of Yaakov so whatever is more connected to his pater is closer to the peter of Yaakov because his passing away is what caused the Shibu to begin once Yaakov passed away that's when the Shibut began as um, part of the reasoning is because why didn't the why why did the shibbut start after Yaakov? It's because since the famine uh, stopped when Yaakov got to Mitzrayim, the Egyptians had a certain reverence and, and respect for Yaakov. He's the one that's in a sense bringing good years again to us, and we don't have any more famine. So they wouldn't have wanted to start up with the Eden because Yaakov was alive, and he's the one that's giving us the, you know the years of plenty again. But once he passed away. They didn't have that reverence anymore, and that's when the Shibud, at least in a minor way, started. You know, the Shibud started really once all the Shabatim passed away, last one being Levi, but already the, the lack of respect and, and, and the little bit of the bad has of the Shibud would have begun already when Yaakov, that's, that was the first step in the Shibud. Uh, so that was literally when he passed away, Mash Enkim was saying with Bikush Legalis. That wasn't so much connected to the Patira, it's just that he wanted to reveal the cats because he was going to pass away, and then it was hidden from him. Why was it hidden from him? Because the, he, the, for whatever reason, Hashem didn't want the children, the shvatim, to know. Um, we'll actually give some ideas later on why Hashem didn't want them to know. But that wasn't connected directly to the uh, Patira itself. Let's do our 21. We always know that the says if the brings two reasons, it's because each one has a problem so Rashi brings two reasons here what what's the problem with the first reason and what's the problem with the second one of course this that Rashi brings the first one is the first that means it's the main one but what are the issues <laughs> He says, since the stima is next to the, first of all, he says the words, the stima is next to the words of Ichi Yaakov. So true, as we said, there has to be something which connects it to the whole parasha, but still, the stima is next to the words of Ichi Yaakov the years that he was alive. And this reason is something that has to do with tafka when he passed away. And he says, most of the, uh, the Psukim the sedra are talking about things that happened while Yaakov was alive even though it was right before he passed away and connected to his passing, but still he was st- still alive. Therefore, it makes sense that the stima would be something which is connected to his life. Therefore, Rashi also brings the peer, now, the bikash lagas was something which happened in his life. So therefore, the stima is something which is connected to the Yaakov, Yaakov still living. So that was the problem with the first child and that's why he brings the second. But, as we said, since the whole pechin of the entire sedra is about the petira. That's the main uh, you know, the main thing that we need to connect it to. And that's more connected the first reason, that's why it's the main reason. And Bayzatama Bez, Hapirsh to banav Yaqov albanov, Yaakov, al and He says the second reason is that he wanted to reveal the case to his children. But if we actually look at that topic over there where he's where he calls all his children to, to give them the and that's when Yaakov wanted it, that should have been stuma, the frontzik of uh, Tasbasius. Why don't you close that off also? We're saying it's not as recognizable. Fine, so do that in addition. You close at the beginning of the parsha. plus you should close at least when um, he's actually going to give them the brachas, and when he wanted to reveal the case to them, that's when it's open. It's like very funny. It shouldn't have been a completely parsha psucha, which meaning a ravach between the brachas of Yosef's kids and the brachas of Yaakov's kids, there should have been a parshas stuma, also to give an added hint that this is the place where it was actually the kates was hidden. Okay, so that's what Rasha brings to, and the problems of each one. Sifay. Avola'day name a move in sinyana. But Now it's still not understood. Api p'pnima sinyona. So now we're going to explain this in Yobi Alpi Chassidus. Madu'am na pesachas a parashah b'pahas v'yichi Yaakov, asha parshay a parashah isekes, t'yos or lakach. Why is it that the parsha begins with the words Vechi Yaakov? Since the whole parsha is talking about the pitira of Yaakov and all the events which are connected to it, why would the pasik start off with the words Vechi Yaakov? He says, hey, in Ames, Yaakov, niska rikesh, also, True, that the total amount of all the years of Yaakov are mentioned in connection to his pitira. He says this that it tells us the 147 years, that tells us the connection of the second part of the passage, that he lived 147 years. That actually makes sense, and it's connected to the rest of the passage, yeah? because it's telling us that this is the total of his life, uh, which is usually something that the Torah tells us when a person's about to pass away, or already passed away, as we see you know, by Shmall, by Avramavini, by Sarah, by Yitzchak, right before they pass away or after they pass away, it's told us how many years they lived. So that makes sense that that would be there. But why? What is the connection of the Rasha? The 17 years he lived in the Mitzrayim, which tells us that those were the best years of his life, what, how is that connected to his passing? How should it have been? It should have been the end of last week's parsha, right at the end of parsha's egos, where it's telling us how that Yaakov's spirit was revived when he found out that Yosef was alive. And the Yidim that Yaakov lived in Mitzrayim and they were multiplied there. And then it should finish off, and the days of Yaakov that like he lived in Mitzrayim were 17 years. He literally lived there, they were great years. And then our parsha should start with the words, he me Yaakov, and the total amount of Yaakov's years was 147, which we connected to Patira. Why well, have that at the beginning of the parsha? And as we mentioned, are 21 that actually is part of the question the problem with the first the first shot which is the main shot that Rashi brings that, it says the word byhi there which is funny As we explained many times the name of the Parsha is connected to the theme of the Parsha so how could it be that the Parsha is called? When the teichin of the parsha is actually his passing, which is the opposite of the idea of bariichi. Habir bezet. Amitis inyanachaim who chaim keelat hanemshach laelam sheish ben kim nitzchi laishnei. The true idea of life is life which is continuous forever, eternal life without any changes. This is a topic we already spoke about already a few times in the previous sikhas of the previous parshas. Lachinam tzisamitis sholchaim kayaam kayaam k'ayam rakayt zel kadosh m'ukar hu Therefore, the true concept of life is only by Hashem, who is the source of life. As it says that uh, Hashem, your God, is true. He is the God, the living God. Because Ames is something which never stops, never change, Something which is eternal. While well, something which is that stops is called something which is a, a false, a lie. Uh, a trick. Therefore, we find that the rivers that the water dry up once every seven years are called false waters or false rivers or lying rivers. And it's possible for the Kiddes and the Mechatis. Mechatis was the Paraduma. What they would do is they had to take specifically spring water and sprinkle uh, the ashes of the Paraduma on it. And it had to be specifically Mechatis, which is spring water. So if you had a river, so a river is usually made up of water that comes like from underground springs and also from rainwater. So if this river dried up once every seven years, it shows it's not really spring water. It's probably I guess would be um, be rainwater, or at least that the spring is very, very little that it would not be considered a true Mayim Chaim. So if it lasts for seven years, And then it doesn't stop uh, for a seven year period, then it shows it's it's a true Mayan, it has a true source. That the source of this river is not the rainwater, but rather it is the spring. Therefore, the Chazal tells that the seal of Hashem is Ames, because the word Ames has three letters Aleph, which is Isa Rishainah, Aleph is Maim, which is Isa Amseis, Tapa, Isa Chrainah, Vidariz Amarish, Yemishnoi, Kamesh Ani Vishan, Ani and Baladai, and Lukim. The word uh, MS is for the first, the middle, and the last letter of the base. The tells us that Hashem has no change. And MS has no change. I'm the first, I'm the last, and besides me, there is no God. This is what the passage means, that Hashem is true. What does it mean true? Since Hashem's essence is truth, which never changes or stops, therefore, therefore God is living. Hashem is the only true content of life. Uh, in other words, since everything in our world has a beginning, therefore it also has an end, uh, and therefore it's not true because it doesn't last forever. The only true being that we have is Hashem, because Hashem is what's called the mechuyev is He just needs to be. That's the concept of the Creator, something that needs to be, which isn't created. So that's the only real truth that we have. But created beings, since they're not a true, uh, true. They don't have a true existence on their own. They are created and they are becoming, they're becoming destroyed. Even if we might not be able to tell, like the sun, we can't see it, but we know that it is slowly disintegrating. and If it wasn't for Hashem keeping the sun um, forever or forever long he wants, the ta'afu would disintegrate. It's only because Hashem wants it to last, therefore it will last. Hashem wants humankind to last. Therefore, we have kids, and the kids have kids. So you might have the internal aspect that we can have kids, and the kids can have kids, etc., etc. So you have this theoretical infinity with human beings, meaning that theoretically we can last forever. That's, uh, first of all, it's only theoretical, but second of all, it's also that Hashem gives us that power. But that's something which comes from Hashem. Therefore, they, on their own, do not have the true concept of life, the true life. Unless the Nivra is connected and attached to God. Therefore, the Jewish people are also called Chaim. That's because they're attached to Hashem. As it says, that you are attached to Hashem, God, therefore you have life. Um, all of you have life this day. That they are also go- live forever. But in order for this, this of the person should be revealed in this physical world, a master which hides the truth of godliness, in exact meaning is because in our world everything looks that it is momentary. So how can we reveal this eternity, especially in a Yid, This is specifically that he goes through different tasks, tribulations, and different things that cause him uh, tumult and and, and hold him back from being attached to to Hashem. And nonetheless, he remains complete. Even though he has these things that are trying to hold him back and trying to free him, nonetheless, there is no change in his tarmitsis. He does the tarmitsis in every situation that comes upon him. This reveals, Bibir, that uh, his, his true life, that he is attached to Hashem, and therefore he's unable to change. So if we always had only one type of situation, then it's not truth. Because as soon as it changes to a different situation, then it stops. So it's just telling us, in this particular situation, you can last. But as soon as it changes, it's not there. That means it's not truly alive. But when he goes through many different types of situations in life and every type of situation he has he still remains Davik to hashem that means he's truly alive okay there has an interesting r27 i'm just telling you outside so we mentioned maybe just the kids of what we said until this point was the question we explained the rashi and the madrish and now we're asking another question and why is it that the 17, why does the parsha start off with the Chi that he lived the 17 best years of his life in Mitzrayim. that should have been the end of last week's parsha, not the beginning of our parsha, which talks about the Patira. So we start to explain that true idea of life is not just living the physical life. It's rather that you're attached to Hashem, who is the eternal true life. When what, what Yid is attached to Hashem, then he is truly alive. And when are you able to see in this world that Yid is truly alive? I mean, of course, Mitzayah is Neshama, of course he's alive but in this world how could we tell it's when you have many different types of situations that come upon you and you still remain attached to Hashem that shows that you are truly alive if something changes and stops then it's called kazaf like by the paraduma has to be the water for the paraduma needs to be specifically from a spring that doesn't stop but if it does stop even after seven uh, within seven year period then it's not a true spring it's not mayim chayim so we see the idea of living. Why is it called living water? It's because it never stops. So the rabbi points out in our 27 that l'chayru, we know the halacha is, and the Raman brings it, that if the water stops after 7 years, well, let's say it stops after 10 years, it's still called mayim But why? If something is eternal or saying something lasts forever, if it stops after 10 years, then it's also like really mechazvin. So it explains it's because in this world, everything in this world has a limit. So when we're talking about uh, living and, and, and dying of Kazakh, it's relative to the existence that we're in right now. So if it stops, a seven year period we know is, a, is really the period of, uh, a period of time. It's a period of creation. The world was created in seven days. We have the Shemitah, which is, which is a seven year cycle. Seven years is considered a time period in our world. So if you're able to last seven years, that means you've lasted in a sense, forever, or you've lasted a complete time period in, 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 in this world. And if it's less than that, then it is causal. In other words, by Hashem, we're talking about alukus. something which is eternal means literally it's eternal. And something which doesn't is a lie. When it comes into this world, everything in this world um, is reflected in a physical way. Uh, e- even as we're saying the tribulations that a person has, if a person is 120 years, it's still that's not forever. But the point is, and even if he has, like, say, 5,000 tribulations in his life and he passes all of them, it's only 5,000, it's not infinite. What we're trying to do in this world is everything is Mida Kaneke Mida. We try to reflect Hashem and reflect Torah uh, Mitzvah's how it would be uh, revealed in this, in, in our world. So in the higher world, it's true infinite. But in this world, it's infinite relative to our world, that in our world, we can see that that infinite aspect. So something which lasts more than seven years reflects that infinite as- aspect, because seven years is a time period. Uh, and therefore the rabbi also says, there's even an opinion that actually, uh, uh, um, something which is Mayim uh, uh, is actually every 50 years, because we have a yovel which is 50 years, which is um, which is also a time period, la'aylam, yovel is called forever. 50 years is not forever, but it means it's forever in in our definition of time in this world. That's something which would be a a complete, even a greater slowness of the time period of, uh, okay, hopefully that was clear, that when we're talking about something which is forever, even in our Vedas Hashem, and for sure when we're talking about physical items, uh, nothing in this world is truly infinite, It besides for Hashem. So it's just how that idea of infinite could be reflected, because whatever is in the higher world is reflected in a physical way in this world. So if you're able to see like the man it says it comes from the essence of the so in this world it had every type of taste but i but you know it had taste the physical things it didn't have every type of color the idea being is that it ha- it was able to reflect that infinite capabilities in some way okay so according to this it's understood the connection of to the to the to the, the parsha, which the main idea of the parsha is the tier of Yaakov and also this explains why the parsha is called Vayechi. Our are two questions at the beginning of the previous voice. He says, it says In all the prior years of Yaakov's life you weren't able to see clearly if those were true years he was attached to hashem that you have true life especially the level of the vacas and life which fits the point for yaakov as we know that the others were a chariot why, why would not why can we not see this true eternal life even in you know until yaakov vina passed away I couldn't you see it all the prior years he says, Because this rule that you cannot trust yourself until the day you die is even with Sadiqim, even a Sadiq is able to sin. Especially sin, at least you know, relative to his love. Especially Yaakov, as we know, that when he went to meet Esav, it says that he was afraid. Why? Because he was afraid that maybe he sinned. So this idea makes sense with Yaakov. Therefore, all the levels of Dvekus that he had when he was living in Israel, and even all the Tsarists and the Yitzurim and suffering that he had, he still remained attached to him. Even after all of that, it's still not enough of a proof of Vahi in the most uh, mm-hmm. amnestic way. Because again, if he stops one day in his life, let's say Yaakov's time period was 147 years, so if it's only 146 years, then it's not true Chaim, because it's something true Chaim is something which lasts forever. So we're talking about water, that's seven years. We're talking about a human being, it means all the days of his life is a unit of Tevei Christ Him And even when all his kids and grandkids were Tzadikim, it's still not enough. Because they were in Eretz Yisrael, and we don't know how they would act in a more grubba land, like in the Shashik Let Eretz when Yaakov reached the time which is close to his death. Especially when he went down to Mitzrayim. And he was in, living in the Erebus Arts. And he was on the highest level of Shlemus until the last moment that he lived in this world. the highest until the last moment that he lived in this world. Especially that he saw there that his bed was complete, meaning as all of his kids were, were complete on their Sitkai, And even Yosef, that he was who was the king or second to the king, and he was uh, taken captives by goyim, and he was he still remained at tzaddik. And even Ephraim and Menashe that were born in Eretz Mitzrayim, which was the Arabist arts, were fitting to have a bracha at such a level that Jewish people for all future generations, they blessed their children that you should be like Ephraim and Manasha. So, in Mitzad Zed, So it's only at that point, right when he before he passed away, when all of his children, grandchildren, were still tzaddikim, and he was still a tzaddik, and he was even a tzaddik when he went down to a place like Mitzrayim, that's when... The true life of Ya'akov was revealed. Um, Meaning is that this tafu revealed the true life of Ya'akov. So that means that even all the prior years, even though they were filled with pain Eponemius, they were very Yaakov, therefore the 17 last years of Yaakov's life was a proof that all of them were good. Uh, so this explains, A, of course, the original question of the Sikha, and also the last questions that we had. Um, so question, the question of the sicha was, why are we repeating that it was 147? We could figure that out on our own. 130 plus 17. So the explanation that we're giving is we're keeping the before shot, and we're just, uh, I guess, we're just adding some beer to it. That when you say that he lived 147 years, that takes into account the 130 years that he suffered, plus the 17 years, which were amazing life. And we're saying all of them together were 147, meaning that they were all equally good. So the question was, wait a second. Even if you want to say he forgot that suffering, but that doesn't make them equally good. The 17 years were good. All those ones, he just doesn't remember the bad. But now what we're explaining is what's the life? Life is not just that you're living in this world and you're, you know, you're happy, whatever it is. Life means you're attached to Hashem. So it's only when Yaakov went down to the Erevus Arts, when he lived in Mitzrayim, and he lived those last 17, last 17 years in Mitzrayim, and a... He finished all of his years, and B, I should say, he finished all of his years, and he lived 147 years, and he remained at Saddam, Im Mitzrayim, and for the full 147 years. That expressed that all of his years were really true life. That even the 130 years, on their own, we would not know if they're true life. Even though Yaakov was attached to, they might have been hard, but yes, as we know as a Yid, true life is attached to Hashem, and Yaakov was attached. But even in a spiritual sense, they wouldn't have been a true life until after he was in Mitzrayim and finished his life, and he still remained. But once he had the full uh, period of time, he remained at Sadiq, then we know that all 147 years were good. And this also explains why uh, the parsha starts off with the words, for the 17 years. So we asked, why is that connected to the Batira? Because we're trying to say is that it's very much connected. It's because since he lived the last 17 years, of his life, you know what? Let's, let's read Sivchas, and then we'll go back to that because we're always going to explain a bit more. Now we understand why the Parsha is called Vayichi. Um Even though the Parsha does not only talk about events that happened to Yaakov close to his Patira, but even after the Patira of Yaakov and the time which is after it. So the question is even stronger. It's not just talking about the events which are close. It's, you know, maybe you can explain it how that connects to the khair, it's even talking about B'yichi, how it's connected to, to after he was being buried, the things that happened after he passed away. So Isa Igmar Yaqovinu lay smazar bihai mahubachaim chai namer l'ashem misa. He says Yaakov Avinu did not die. Just like he, uh, his children are alive, he's also alive. Therefore, Ba Avinu doesn't use the expression of Misa. <laughs> so the Pshah is, based on what we we're saying earlier, and now we're just going to take it a step further, is because true life of Yaakov is one Zarbichai. So until now we're saying that the true life of Yaakov is expressed at all 147 years, wherever he happened to be, or <laughs> he was he was able to remain complete and his kids could remain complete. But on an even deeper level, even after he passes away, if his kids and grandkids and for all future generations remains in his path, that shows in an even much greater way about the True life that he had. Since the idea of true life is that it lasts forever, so of course the longer it lasts, it expresses more than it's of it. Just like it is by Hashem, there how it is by Hashem, who's the source of life that the Bnei Yisrael attached to therefore the true life of Yaakov is recognizable specifically after uh, that you be able to see the eternity of it is after the Neshama leaves the body. Meaning is that not only do you see the Chais and the Vekas that remains forever inside his Neshama, even in this world, you're able to see this Semitis, that it's not just what his four hundred and forty-seven years, and then afterwards his neshama remains eternally connected. To Hashem, but even in Oyel you could see how his life is eternal because it remains with his kids. Therefore, this explains even more. Why the parsha is called Veichi? Because this stresses that not only after Petir's Yaakov is it shaykh to say Veichi Yaakov, but more than that, it's dafka the then, after he passes away, is it recognizable Veichi Yaakov Amit VeNitzchi? So to, to explain that, what we're saying that the reason why this parsha is called Veichi, even though it talks about a after he passed away, and why the seventeen years of good years of his life are included in this parsha, is because we're trying to explain what the idea of Vayechi is, that the real essence of this week's Parsha is talking about the life of Yaakov, because this week's Parsha really tells us that Yaakov is a eternal life. The prior parshias just tell us earlier years in his life, but in this parsha, which talks about the last 17 years of his life, which were in Mitzrayim, so that's A, telling us even Erev HaSaaretz, him and his kids and his grandkids, remain Siddiquim. So that's Ben he was Vayechi. And then it tells us during the 147 years, it was Vayechi in this world. And then point three tells us that even after he passed away, his kids fall in his past. So even when his physical body is not here, he's still Vayechi. So the whole Parsha's theme is telling us what Vayechi is. And that's really the essence of this Parsha, is the life of Yaakov, the eternal life of Yaakov. Siftas. So we said earlier that this is the steam of the Parsha is not just connected with the words Yaakov, rather it's connected also with the beginning of the parsha. because it's connected to um uh, so that the of the parsha is the passing of Yaakov and also all the yonah which are Shaykh, is passing. He said, since the, 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 the Slima is not just connected to the 17 year last years of Yaakov's life, it's rather connected to the whole parish which has this connected to Yaakov's Petira, that's why Rashi does not mention the third shot of the Medritch, which was um, that it was hidden from Yaakov all the Tsars, rather he only brings the first two about Yaakov passing away and the Shubat Golus starting, and also he wanted to reveal the kates, but it was hidden from him. So, Mas'im and now we can explain this Rashi fits very well. He says that specifically this parsha, that this fits very well. Why this parsha, which talks about the patera, is called Vaichi. Is because Dr. through these two Purushim, it stresses that the true idea of life, it was also by his children. That the true life of his children, and true life in general, Chaimimitim Begoli, that the true life is K'im Tarim is Debechus Velokos. So the connection, basically, of these two Purushim that Rashi does bring, with the name of the Parashat fits very well, because all these ideas are expressing that true life is specifically when something lasts forever. When the Yidin are learning Torah and doing mitzvahs when there is no shivah and when there is no goles, it's not such a great novelty. More than, even Yidin are fulfilling Torah mitzvahs when there are goles. But in the situation of goles that they're in, they feel the cates the, the they know when the, the, the gula is going to be, they could they, they, they feel the keits already. Meaning is that there is a knowledge uh, about when the cat's is going to be, and the end of Golas, at the end of Gullus, and the gula, and the yitzia from Golas. Then it doesn't express the idea of aichi of bnei Yisrael because the to love aichi is in every situation, not just certain situations. It's specifically when the Eden don't know when the Gula is going to be. And they feel the Gulas and it's so hard that they can't even imagine. Uh, any way that they will be redeemed, it's an it's idea of nistam hakets. But nonetheless, they're still mam in the galula Shlema, yom shoyovai, Then it's recognizable that they are truly alive. Umeila meuvan shadak ledeza bala debita achais emitiyus sheliyakov kanahu b'chaim b'chaim And it's understood that this specifically expresses the true life of Yaakov. Hu b'chaim is through Zar and this is Yaakov. Now we understand even more Rashi brought the first two reasons, but not the third one, that they was hidden from Yaakov the suffering of It's Because and in a situation where it's hidden the Tsaris is not that much of a proof. That the, that uh, that this is a life without change. That this is a true life. True life is specifically revealed that when even with the time of tsaros and stima still you remain true to Hashem. Then when the idea of a Yachi of is affected, even when you're in and shibud, then it's revealed the ultimate purpose of guls. And the tsar of this shibbut. <laughs> but specifically through this, you're able to come to the revelations of the in the most perfect and complete way. Good. <laughs> and that's also the reason why Yaakov had to be hidden from him the cats. <laughs> it says if the case would have been revealed, then it would have been lacking in the power of the gallus. And if you were lacking in the power of the gallus, then it also would have been lacking in the gula that would have come through the gallus. So the greater the gallus, the greater is the gula that comes afterwards. Because we're true, even in that period of time, then when the Messiah comes, it reveals the chimnitzchim that in the sense we earned. Because of now we can understand Rashi says he wanted to reveal the cats to his children and was hidden from him. So Rashi is just trying to explain why the parasha is astuma. So Rashi just said that uh, it was hidden from him, the cats. Why does he also need to add that it was bikush le the cats that he wanted to reveal the cats and then it was hidden? He should have just said that it was hidden from him the case, uh, and he couldn't tell his kids. Why is it that he wanted to tell his kids? Why is that relevant? It's because Rashi is trying to tell you that it to, re, to read it a bit differently, in a sense, that is the case of That Yaakov wanted to reveal the case to his children. So how was he able to reveal the case to his Zvonev? This is through Vnistamimenu, through hiding it from him. Through hiding it from him, that's how he was actually able to get his true desire. So he thought the way he had to, to reveal the cats then them was to tell them when it's going to be. But the truth is, the way that he was able to reveal the cats to them is by hiding it. Because when the cats finally happens, when would they be able to have the ultimate level of appreciation from it? That's only when it was nista. Because the steam of the Gauls is not a helm for the sake of hiding, God forbid. Rather, the purpose of it is that through it we should come to the gilui hakatz. There it appears because the galus the katz This is pshat that he wanted to reveal the katz, and then it was hidden. Because Yaakov l'hamshich the Lahamshik l'banis the gula, when Yaakov wanted to draw down and reveal to his children the gula, in k'desho dabi yebiyad banis b'shelemes, in order for his children to have this idea, the gula b'shelemes, ira the katz, it had to be a hiding of the katz and this was the preparation that for this that they were able to receive afterwards that Yaakov want to reveal the cates, which is the glu'uyim of La and then these gluim La will be revealed in the ultimate way this is the end of the Sikha i thought it would be interesting for those who want to learn a little bit more and to go back to an R14 uh, this is, will be additional basically in R14 uh, the Rebbe is going to explain the differences in the Medrash and Rashi, there are differences in language. Uh, if you remember the Medrash said, which we quoted in Sifbeis, it asks, why is this Parsha Stuma from all the Parshas of the Torah?" The Medrash answered, number one, because since Yaakov, Vinu, once Yaakov, Vinu, passed away, it began the Shubot of Mitzrayim. And then he gives it different ones, is that he wants to reveal the keits, and it was hidden from him. And then he gives a the third shot, which we already know what Rashi doesn't mention. So, so the differences. 14. The Pierce Rashi Oichnivim. There are additional changes. First of all, is medrash. Rashi doesn't mention in his question all the parshas of the Torah, that why is parshas Thayki. The Medrash says, why is this parshas stuma from all the other parshas of the Torah? Meaning is all the other parts aren't stuma. While well, this one is stuma. Rashi doesn't mention that. He just asks why is this parshas stuma? He doesn't say why is this one stuma? Masha Ink and all the other ones are aren't. Stuma. So, he in a sense doesn't explain the question as well as the Medrash. And Moisef, he also adds a few words, Rashi adds words over the Medrash. First of all, it says liben that it became sealed or hidden, or became closed the eyes and hearts of the of the Jewish people. Oh, sorry, the, yeah, the, the eyes and the heart. The Medrash does not mention that. It just says that after Yaakovinu passed away, the Shubud began. doesn't say anything about the eyes and the heart being closed. Second of all, Days. He adds words mitzar sashibud. Rashi says it came sealed and closed because the Tsar of the shibud. The medrash just says that the shibud began, and gimel legalis the kites in the second answer, Rashi said he wanted to reveal the kites to his children, while the medra doesn't say. Just since Yaakov wanted to reveal the kites, and then it was hidden from him. He doesn't mention who he wanted to reveal to in the medra. Rashi does mention. It. It's why these differences. He says he says these additional are understood, besides for the main reason, of course, that Rashi doesn't quote the Medrash. He has to explain the Medrash in a way that a child would understand. So that's the main idea that he has to explain. But for each particular point, how does that add beer? First of all, <speaking in Hebrew> Rashi wants to explain how is this connected to the parsha being sealed, being closed off. So the the, the, you know, the is starting, what does that have to do with parsha being sealed? So we're saying is because the shiwud was starting, therefore their hearts, in a sense, became closed. They weren't; they didn't have that level of happiness and openness that they had while they were living for those 17 good years. Already their hearts were getting closed and sealed. So that's why Rashi wants to add that to explain the connection. So he's explaining the Mejosh a bit more. Rashi adds the words to Sarah. Because they already had the shiwud while they're in the lands of the plishtim and the kanan. They were the Shibut of Abi Abimelech, as we know. They were gar, they were like gehrim. Oh, so why would he say the Shibut already began much earlier, even before they went down to Mitzrayim, and definitely before Yaakov passed away? Rashi already said earlier that they were in Shibut for 210 years, which was an entire period that they were in Mitzrayim, including the 17 years that Yaakov was alive. Therefore Rashi adds the word, we're saying Shibut doesn't mean literally the Shibut, because they had that earlier, it means the pain, the suffering. Because while well, well, Yaakov was alive, yes, they were in Gogos. And yes, they may have been prior in Eretz Kanan, Eretz them, but that they didn't have tsars. The tsars of Gullah started afterwards. And that's, so he's adding again, explanation of what the Medrish meant. And Gimel, he adds, Yaakov, Obonav, and because the Musaq says clearly, that Yaakov called his children, and I'll tell to you. So R- Rashi is telling us who he's speaking to, and that's Chlor from the Passock. The Harizah La But in the question, the Medrash actually gives more explanation the Rashi. Right? The, the, as the Rebbe says, the of the question is that usually there is a space between one parsha and the next. And this parsha there isn't. Why would Rashi take away that point? In the Rashi feel Lagamri, uh leimer levar Ka there is an opinion that says Parshisviyitze is also stuma. So you can't say all the parshis are stuma because there's actually, according to some opinions, two parshas which are stuma. He says Rashi doesn't hold of that because then he would have explained the parashas for Yetzei why it was Tumah. So clearly according to Rashi, there is only one parsha. So why does he remove those words of the mattress, which will explain the question better? So there we a, a phenomenal shot which helps you understand Rashi a lot better. He says, He says, a child who's learning parashas, he didn't learn all the parashas of the Torah. So he does not necessarily know that all of the parashas, of the Torah are, usually have a space. So you can't ask that. So therefore he doesn't put that in. So the question only is, you know, basically until this point, every parsha has been open and there's been a space, why is this parsha sealed? And Bayes, Also he says it's obvious, because it's understood by parasha that between one sedra and another sedra, there needs to be a larger space between one word and another. Therefore it's a question, why is this Parsha sealed? Even a child understands that there needs to be separations, especially as he's already seen from all the Parsha's prior to this point, there was a separation between topics, and even there's subdivisions within each Parsha, so a child understands this idea, so you don't have to say oh, all the other Parsha's aren't. Even without that, it's a logical point that it should be. Uh, it, should, it, should, it should not be sasa. Just maybe one more shorter R, if you go to R10, Interesting point, a quick one. He says the question was uh, that even the question that Rashi's asking, the Medrash is asking, is that, that there is, why isn't there a space between Pashas and Pashas Vayigash? So the is pointing out that, you know, a child obviously must have known that there wasn't a space. So how would he know that? So 10, that even a child knows that there is a space. Because just like the child knows that there was a upside down Nun in the end of Parsha Snoyach and Rashi explained why. And we also know that there are certain letters that have dots on it. And Rashi explains why these letters have dots. So it's clear that the child would know about these dots and, and the upside down Nun, and also the Parsha, which was Stuma or psucha. Hainu, this is the main point. Shechein ha and that in their Spharim, it was written in that way. So the Spharim had the dots, had the upside Nun and had the spaces between the parshas mash'i'in and did not have that space. mash'i'in tag'im, by the crowns, Rashi never discusses why there aren't any crowns in the Torah. The reasoning tagim. the reasoning is, because Rashi, in those svarim that they had in times of Rashi, the kids didn't learn from that. So therefore, it wasn't a question. Therefore, he says, if this is how it was, then we should really return the crown to its proper place, to its old place, and print our chumashim like Rashi had his chumashim, you know, with the nafokha, with the dots, the open spaces. All right, that's it.